Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting needs. On today's episode, I'm being joined by Dr. Eugene Azikovic, who is the CEO of BrainCorp. Eugene is here to share his thoughts on what needs to be addressed to avoid further limitations of growth in the machine learning and robotics space. So Eugene, welcome to the show and thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Before we delve into today's topic matter, would you mind just giving our listeners a bit of background on yourself and BrainCorp? Sure. I was born in, in Moscow, Russia. Came to US in 1993 to pursue my PhD in math. And actually, I'm a recovering academic. I spent my entire career doing computational models of brain and uh, neural dynamics. I have quite a few uh, peer-reviewed publications. I have two textbooks. My recent textbook, published in 2007, is used by every major university to teach computational neuroscience and brain modeling to graduate students. If you Google my last name and just type the first few letters, I-Z-H-I, Google will suggest Izhikevich Neuron, Izhikevich Model, Izhikevich (laughs) Network. I was really fortunate that the scientific community named one of my inventions after me. And AI researchers from Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, uh, they use my models, they use my results, they cite my papers. And in 2009, I started BrainCorp to commercialize the brain technology that I developed in academia. Excellent stuff. Well, it's uh, great to have you on the show, Eugene, and uh, it's it's great to kind of hear your experience and the, the influence you've had on the industry. I think uh, you're going to share some great insights with us today, and it, it's an area that uh, we, we cover quite a bit, but it's nice to kind of have your expertise put into this as well. So I wanted to start the show off by talking about current trends and what we're seeing going forward as we're nearly halfway through the year now. So would you mind just kind of telling us, you know, from what are the top ML and robotics trends and how they're impacting the enterprise currently? Yes, interestingly, since uh, the founding of BrainCorp in 2009, we went through all the trends in machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence. The first few years of BrainCorp were devoted doing a contract R&D for Qualcomm. It's a big telecommunication company here in San Diego. Everybody knows it. Mostly in deep learning, before it it was even called deep learning, machine learning, uh, deep learning, robotics, automation. And starting 2015, we uh, directed our attention and building our own product, which is uh, brains for robots, for commercial robots. And we developed brains for robots that operate in natural kind of in an environment which is open to the public. And this is very important, is that uh, those uh, robots that operate in retail space. In fact, we became the biggest robotics company on this planet, enabling commercial robots for public spaces, spaces where you and I can go, uh, spaces like Walmart, where in every Walmart, um, like Kroger, Target, malls, airports, uh, hospitals, schools, and that those robots need to navigate in a very complex environment, environment 
which is sometimes very hostile to uh, robots in the sense that these environments can have people who don't pay any attention to, to the surroundings, people on their cell phones, uh, drunk people, blind people, handicapped people, dogs, uh, children. So um, people who want to test the limits of safety of the robot and try to jump in front of the robot just to see what happens. And uh, we have an impeccable safety record because of all the sensors, all the cameras, all the uh, everything that the robots have to uh, detect, kind of to see the obstacles, to see people, to provide safe navigation uh, through those environments. And we need to employ a lot of machine learning and computer vision technology for that. So uh, at BrainCorp, we went all the way from uh, beginning of deep learning uh, to the place where we uh, have a technology which is comparable to the self-driving car technology, except for the indoor environments. Excellent. No, it's it's great to kind of see those trends kind of emerging and, and growing so so rapidly. And it's uh, yeah, great work to see you guys kind of impacting that uh, in such a positive way. I found it interesting when we were doing our research for this episode. We we were looking at some reports, and, and IDC came out with looking at the AI market that's you know forecast to grow by sixteen point four percent by the end of this year, twenty twenty one. So. I want to understand from your perspective, obviously you were just mentioning then where, where you're hoping to see stuff going, but, but what is the growth potential for robotics and where exactly do you see these sectors heading in the future? The biggest growth uh, for uh, AI as applies to robotics is to enable robots that operate in public spaces, just like where brain core is. Um, it's uh, relatively easy to operate uh, automation equipment for uh, warehouses or distribution centers, somewhere just where there are no people, right? So that is, it's repetitive work that doesn't require sensors or intelligence. Just think of a conveyor belts. Um, it's automation. It's very valuable. Uh, it's a big business, but it doesn't require uh, intelligence that, that you would need if you want to operate a self-driving car or self-driving equipment in public spaces. So uh, here, this is the biggest growth. Right now, I mean, uh, we are more than doubling our feet, our fleet of robots year after year. Uh, just as an example, uh, just Walmart deployed robots, uh, deployed thousands and thousands of robots within a, uh, just around two-year period, which is unprecedented for uh, a company of that size. And this is how we became the leader. We have more commercial robots in public spaces than all the other robotics companies on this planet combined. And right now we're, ex- uh, we're expanding to other environments like warehouses and malls, airports. It's also important to notice that uh, not all robots are physical robots. Right? Uh, for example, this company UiPath, which is uh, in the space of robotic process automation. And they're just, when they say robotic, just they mean monotone, which is kind of uh, menial work, they're automating it. But it, it doesn't involve a physical robot. It more, more involves algorithms that help to kind of make it easier to do some of this menial kind of routine paperwork. So when you talk about AI, just uh, you have to understand that uh, even AI applied to robotics, sometimes you talk about physical robots, sometimes you talk about kind of virtual, like 
virtual robots. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's a uh, important distinction to make there going forward because there, there are different categories that we can kind of lump this into. And obviously when we, we start talking about different different areas such as AI or ML or even the robotic space itself. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to see that that potential kind of growth going forward um, and what sectors are kind of going to be impacted. There's one more thing that I could add. Just because robots operating in public spaces have cameras, and have other sensors, they collect a lot of data. Mm. And uh, it's another interesting application of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning is that what can you do with this data? I'll just give you one example. Uh, in retail, when our robots operate in retail, just we constantly asked by our customers, oh, you have a video of every product on every shelf of every now of every store. Can you tell us when we're out of merchandise? Can you tell us when the price is uh, kind of uh, incorrect? Can you uh, help us with planogram compliance? Can you find misplaced merchandise? Can you create virtual, like Google Street View, virtual store visits so that we don't have to fly to 50 of our stores, but instead just virtually, like through Zoom, go there and see them? Because some of their applications are uh, brains for clean equipment. And uh, clean machines, clean robots are run every night. So we have this fresh data from every night. We have this, we can build this data for our customers. So how can you analyze this data? What can you extract from this data that is useful to our customers? But it, it's not only retailers, right? If you operate uh, in an airport or a mall, uh, shopping center, again, there's so much wealth of data that could be collected and mined for additional services using using AI. And this is something that just, just emerged just end of last year, beginning of this year, just those new applications, which is really exciting. Definitely. It's, it's great to kind of see that potential. As you say, the, it opens up the market, especially when we were given the example to have the retail space. It's, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time to see where it's going. But I'd be remiss if I didn't obviously talk about, you know, there, there is challenges within this field of getting it to this place that we need to get to and, and where you have that vision for the future. So what are the biggest barriers to this robotics growth? Yeah, the biggest one, I think, is the slow adoption of robots. And it was especially last year when uh, there was a pandemic. There were, retailers were very quick to adopt robots because uh, especially cleaning robots and delivery robots. The clean, cleanliness, cleanliness became the new brand value. So uh, we, what we noticed that just again, because we uh, provide all the technology f- uh, to automate cleaning equipment, to convert manual machines into self-driving robots, we, uh, all those robots have 4G LTE connectivity, so we can collect a lot of data. But we noticed that a lot of those robots uh, became operational during, uh, they, they start to work Used, utilized more uh, during the working hours of retailers, not on, only during the night, but also during the day, uh, which shows us that retailers often want to showcase this to their customers to convey sense of uh, cleanliness, kind of safe, sense of uh, safety. But in general, other markets, primarily probably because they were closed during the pandemic, we see slow adoption of robotics. Um, and uh, we try to understand why. Maybe there is a Part of the problem is the, this myth that robots are taking human jobs is uh, totally incorrect. In fact, it's been shown many times that new technology creates jobs 
and uh, not taking them away. Plus, robots don't replace people. Robots uh, replace tasks. You still need the person to uh, operate the robot. But uh, this is something that uh, might be uh, require more education than just to uh, think of the robot as a power drill, right? Power drill doesn't take away jobs from construction workers. If anything, just makes their job easier and better and more productive. The same with robots. So this is uh, one challenge. Another challenge in uh, applying machine learning to robotics is that there are quite a few companies that, that try to build robots, but they, they try to build the software for robots, the, build the AI, create the AI, and the robots themselves, and they're, thereby diffusing their efforts. Uh, we at BrainCorp made a conscious decision not to build the equipment ourselves, but instead partner with established manufacturers who make those robots, who make manual machines, and we focus on software. This is why we're the biggest robotics company, and we are actually a software company. But also what another, maybe uh, the last challenge I mentioned would be that the ease of use of robots. Right? Uh, we focus, we spend tremendous resources to make our robots as easy to use as possible. So almost like consumer products, even though those are commercial robots. Uh, but most other, like if you look at other robots, they just require companies to send software engineers with laptops trying to program a robot for every new environment. And then something changes that the user has to do something. Like it, it, uh, for most robots, it's very complicated, very cumbersome. Very, uh, our goal is, uh, and we achieved this goal, that a person like a janitor who has no high school diploma, who may not even speak English, should be able to deploy our robots within minutes. And this is uh, extremely difficult to achieve. Yeah, I, I think that's um, some fair assessments there. Obviously, the pandemic couldn't be helped. Um, and we're starting to see that kind of shift back to normal. So hopefully we can kind of get that, you know, demo and, and showcasing what we can do. But, but I'm curious how really, because you mentioned some great points here. The, the education element is, is one of the most important from my perspective, because there is that misconception of what robots and these tools are able to offer to people and that is as we've said assisting not overtaking the creation the split between the creation and the equipment and again ease of use is is so key and so paramount so how can the tech world help overcome or avoid these roadblocks what do we really need to address and what strategies should be put in place to kind of get us past these roadblocks going forward yeah just first education that robots are not taking human jobs. Uh, but uh, also we need to uh, explain more the value of robotics and uh, like how they extract value from robots. And some value is just, yes, they can save on manual labor, but we can just, just do an ROI calculation. But there's so much more value than that. Just again, taken as an example of uh, cleaning robots uh, that, that almost like clean floor of... Uh, scrap or vacuum floor of big box retailers, uh, you have consistent performance. You have proof of performance, which you cannot do when you have human operators. Uh, robots have infinite patience, unlike, uh, again, uh, machines operated by people. They have instantaneous reaction, much faster reaction than uh, people do. So by much safer, think of how much our customers are saving on insurance, on damages that robots don't do, but uh, human operators do when they bump into shelves or into other people. Also, uh, what we see right now is that uh, 
deploying robots with brain operating system in our customers and in retailers is the first step into digital transformation of, of retail environment. And this is something extremely important. I want to draw analogy with the 20, 25 years ago when internet, World Wide Web just appeared and companies were contemplating, oh, do we need to build a website? Do we need to have a portal? Some companies embraced that and they were uh, successful. Other companies didn't embrace that 25 years ago when we don't hear about them or just like a company like Sears, which was such a big innovator into kind of catalog and all this just somehow didn't embrace the new digital era and we all know what the outcome is. So think of the internet presence 20, 25 years ago, like uh, the same way as the machine learning, AI and robotics now. Uh, the same trend, some companies will embrace it and will be successful. Others will be like Sears, uh, slowly dying. And this is, uh, so what the revolution we're seeing right now in, in artificial intelligence and robotics is similar to the revolution we saw in mid nineties with the internet. Yeah, I, I think that's a great comparison to make. And it's, it's interesting to see what companies are getting on the adoption bandwagon and which ones are, are hesitant to do it. And I think it comes back to our previous point, doesn't it, of the, the education of this is going to be so important and how companies such as yourselves and, and others are able to, to get that message across is, uh, is going to be very important going forward. So I've just got one kind of final question here before we wrap up for, for today's show. We've been speaking about the, obviously the education element, the adoption element that's kind of coming in here that we've been speaking about and again, ease of use. But are there any particular tools or technology supporting the development and preservation of the future growth of ML robotics that organizations should really be aware of and, and really be looking at to kind of keep themselves up to date? Right. So this is probably question or advice to other robotic companies and technology companies is that, uh, yeah, first is that uh, make sure that you take advantage of all the data that uh, you can collect when, when you deploy your product. And because it's uh, multiple reasons. Uh, it's not only the one that I mentioned before, where you provide additional services to your customers. Your customers will appreciate that. Uh, but also, uh, you can use this data to improve the quality of your own product. And uh, all our machines, are, all machines that use brain operating system are cloud connected. So we, uh, every time the new route is uh, taught, our, our robots are not programmed. They're, uh, they're shown examples of desired behaviors and they can learn from those examples. So uh, we ask janitors, for example, to uh, teach a route and then the robot can repeat the same route over and over again. Uh, every night autonomously. So every time a new route is taught, we collect this data. So every time we, we try to come up with improvement, we run every new improvement through the catalog of tens and hundreds of thousands of uh, previously learned routes to see that we don't break anything, that we only everything is improving, that we never sacrifice safety for the sake of performance. So we use data to improve our product to improve performance of our, uh, our fleet. And every time a robot equipped with brain technology encounters a problem, it stops, it says signal to the cloud, asks for help, we catalog this. So we catalog a tremendous amount of those edge cases, corner cases, 
where uh, our uh, technology is uh, not efficient enough to solve it and require intervention of a human a human person so that all the new improvements that we do to the software is to solve those edge cases, which creates a bigger mold for us. This is the same strategy that uh, Google Waymo and other self-driving cars, are, uh, car companies are using when they operate fleet of uh, self-driving cars on the real streets and try to catalog all the edge cases and corner cases for, uh, for all these rare encounters that can confuse their software. So it's, it's a constant race to see more, uh, kind of to see how products using, that, are, that use our technology are used and how we can improve them, make them more efficient and, and safer. So uh, this is just using of data and using a lot of machine learning and AI applied to the data that robots collect. Exactly. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day, the importance of data, but the importance of using data well to get the, the end result, which is something we, we always harp on about on the podcast here, but it's a very important thing for, for people to use going forward. So Eugene, all I can say is uh, thanks for coming on to the show, walking us through all of this. It's been really good getting your insights into all of this. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Eugene. And thanks, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We do hope you took a lot of information away. But of course, if you're a little bit more curious about what else is going on with BrainCorp, then head on over to BrainCorp.com. There's some good resources on there. And I'm sure there's a, a member of the team who will be happy to help you out if you've got any further questions. We'll be back soon with another episode in this podcast series. Until then, you can join the conversation at AM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to this podcast. And of course, for more great daily content, head on over to AM360Tech.com. Mm-hmm.